Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Luke's English Podcast. Um, and it's a beautiful sunny day while I'm recording this. It's very hot, of course. I mean, nothing's perfect. Sometimes you get a, a beautiful sunny day, but it's also hot. I'm not complaining. Don't get me wrong. I'm not complaining about the weather. It's brilliant. And as an English person, you know, it would be ridiculous of me to complain about the sunny day. So I'm certainly not doing that. I'm very happy. And uh, also, I've got a special guest on the podcast today, and we're going to find out all about him. And I think it's probably a good good time now to just um, begin by saying hello to him. Uh, his name is uh, Nikolai Kulikov. He's actually... Um, in Germany, he's in Cologne at this moment, but originally he's from Russia. And I know a few things about him. I don't know him very well at this stage. So um, this is going to be an interesting chance for me to find out about Nikolai, but also for all of the listeners to Luke's English podcast to find out about him too. And uh, we'll, we'll be doing that over the, over the uh, course of this episode. So uh, Nikolai, hello. Hello, hello, dear people of the world. Um, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. So you're in uh, you're in Germany at the moment. Yes, you? right now I'm in Cologne. Okay, and is it sunny there as well, like it is here? Yes, it is sunny and quiet. Well, it's always quiet here. Yeah, and a bit sunny and greeny and very Germany. <laughs> really? <laughs> okay. Right, Nikolai, I. Let me just kind of give a brief introduction to this episode. So, like, let's say two weeks ago, I had no idea that you existed. Um, but then um, one of my listeners, one of my podcast listeners called uh, Anna Kazan, um, posted a video of you performing stand-up in Dublin onto my forum on my website. She said, mm -hmm. hi, Luke, I'm just sending you a link to the stand-up performance by a Russian comedian called Kolya Kulikov, and uh, this is what he presented in Dublin, in Ireland, in English. Um, and so, apparently, um, Anna's daughter interviewed you last year for a, a Moscow newspaper, and I looked at the video that she's um, posted on the page, and I, I watched it, and I laughed out loud. You're very funny, okay? Oh, it's thank a, you. It's a very funny performance, um, and, I, and obviously you were doing it in English in front of a, a crowd of people in a pub in Dublin and they were all laughing and I thought, this guy's very funny. He speaks good English. I want to know uh, what his story is. So um, then uh, another listener called Natalia Dalek, also from Russia, sent me your contact details. She's like one of my podcast ninjas who kind of goes <laughs> out okay. and, and uh, collects information. She found your website or something and, and got your details. So I sent uh, you an email Nikolai and uh, the rest is history and now here you are on Luke's English podcast maybe you can just start by telling me um, where you're from are you from Moscow originally yes 
Yes, I'm from uh, the well, small town near Moscow, and uh, well, I thought, I always thought that I'm a Muscovite, yeah. uh, Moscovich, as we say in Russia, Muscovite, and in, in Mos Mos Muscovite, yeah. yeah. And uh, I went to the Moscow State University. I studied journalism, mm -hmm. uh, journalism, Jur and journalism. Yeah, journalism. <laughs> yes, that's what I started. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and uh, well, I was always fascinated by uh, English language, and uh, mm, because mm, in the early days, well, in childhood. I saw, I watched a lot of uh, American action movies mm. with Steven Seagal, uh, something like that. And uh, so I always wanted to be in one of those movies. Right. So I, uh, uh, I studied all the cool uh, phrases, all the cool, all the cool lines from American action movies, yeah. like shit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the most uh, mm, favorite yeah, lines. Just shit, uh, shit, and uh, in Russian, it's uh, in Russian. It usually was translated like "it's not good." Really, just uh, that? Just, <laughs> it's something like good. that. Yeah, you can you cannot say shit out loud in in Russia. Uh. It's it's still not very well, not common. Right. Uh, and now uh, we can't, we cannot even curse in movies or in theater or in well in plays uh, because now cursing is banned. And you, if you are making a movie or making a theater play with cursing, you will be charged really? with with fine. So uh, every time. Uh, when we every time you make uh, a movie when a person say when a character says fuck you uh it's translated like i don't like you uh, <laughs> really but that's um that's a pity isn't it because it's not the same yeah yeah definitely definitely yeah. it's not the same um so um so that's how I started to learn English. Right, just right. So is that what you started with? Shit and fuck you. Is that were those the first two things you learned? Uh, yes, and I will be back. Right. Uh, so <laughs> uh, I'm your father. You know the yeah. the basics. Yeah, the basics. What about what about this one? We got company. <laughs> that, one? Nah, that was too. too advanced. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was too advanced. How about this me. one? Get out of there. Yes, yes, yes. Fire in the hole. Right. Uh, yeah. That's that's how I describe my sex life. She's gonna. Uh, blow. Sorry. Really, really. She's gonna <laughs> blow as well. Maybe. Um, that, that maybe. <laughs> She's gonna blow. Uh, Get out of there. <laughs> I don't know what you. I don't know what happens in your sex life, Nikolai. But um, uh, maybe if those are the phrases you're using, sounds yes, sounds like it's I, doing quite well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think we have to uh, stop with these uh, juvenile jokes because juvenile jokes is my favorite. Yeah, me too. Uh, are, are my favorite. I can uh, how you say uh, how you call it innuendo. Innuen right? Innuendos. Yeah. Innuendos. Yeah. I just adore that. It's my guilty pleasure. I try to avoid it, but um, I can't help myself every time when some word can have a, a double meaning mm -hmm. and the second meaning in is something nasty yeah uh, i will use it yeah, yeah. that's how i love english yeah oh that's great that that's a really good way to to get into the language because i mean i don't know what it's like in russian because i i'm, I'm afraid i don't speak russian but um english
English does have so much potential for double meaning. Um, yes. You know, because yeah. our vocab, our vocabulary is very broad and we have many words that basically mean the same thing. And also we have like, you know, bits of connected speech and, and other things that make it sound like there are other words being used or you can suggest things. It's a very ambiguous language and that allows you to play with it and suggest things and make innuendos. Yes, um, so yes, that's that's what I like about English. You know, uh, there are some uh, great lines in uh, in English-speaking movies mm. that cannot be translated into Russian. Uh, there is, uh, mm, uh, do you know the movie director Edgar Wright? Oh yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. Did, uh, he's one. Sorry, he did, he's one of. Yeah, okay. Did, uh -huh. uh, Shaun of the Dead and yes. Hot Fuzz, Hot Fuzz yeah. and Worlds and yes. and uh, Scott Pilgrim yeah. and uh, his first movie was uh, a spoof of uh, of a western movie uh -huh. shot in some uh, rural uh, English area. I don't remember something like well, I don't know. Gloucestershire or Lincolnshire, you know, <laughs> you have these uh, words like where you have stir and sheer in the end. Yes. Like, yeah. Cake stir sheer. <laughs> or um, saliva sheer. Yeah, saliva stir sheer. Claire. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and it's called county. Know what? Uh, well, uh, and uh, there are two you know, hard-boiled cowboys meet. Yeah. And uh, they're supposed to be a gun down, and one of them says to another, draw, mm. which means put out your pencil. Right. Uh, and another asks, I don't have a pencil. Uh, <laughs> and for me, it's so childish and it's so brilliant. Yeah, because draw is like, you know, what they say in a Sergio Leone movie, draw. Yeah, you're going to yeah. pull them pistols, you're going to whistle Dixie, you know, that yeah, kind of but thing. But I don't have a pencil on me. Yeah. The Are you a comedian? No, I'm a joker. <laughs> well, something like that. And I just adore this kind of wordplay. Mm. Uh, but this particular line, it's, uh, well, it cannot be translated in Russian and it's pity. Yeah, yeah, that's that, that. What would they do? What would the translators do at that point? I mean, they just have to miss the joke, wouldn't they? Yes, yes. And, uh, well, uh, in Russia, we uh, usually dub all the movies. Mm. So we don't hear how, uh, well, not me, because I watch all the movies without translation, but uh, a lot of Russian uh, audience watch uh, movies not actually hearing the voice of Robert De Niro or, you know, um, or Gary Oldman. Yeah. And I think it's a great pity. Yeah. And there are well there are a lot of uh, british and uh, irish movies that if you dub them uh, you just lose the their charm mm. for example the movie filth yes uh, or in bruges mm. or guard with gleason you know yeah. Uh, yeah. if you uh, do, do, do you know the movie uh, guard with uh, gleason well uh, i don't i I know the film, but I haven't seen it. But I have seen um, In Bruges, which I believe yeah. is by the same director. And it, and it no, no, no. It's his brother. It's McDonough. Uh, it's McDonough, but it's his brother. I see. But it's got uh, the same actor, Brendan Gleeson. Yeah, Brendan Gleeson. Yeah, he's awesome. He's an Irish uh, actor. And he's just got that yeah. really strong Irish accent. 
Um, in in Bruges, I think is probably a slightly more famous film because it's um, it has that uh, big star in it. I can't remember his name now. Uh, Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell, who's like a big big Hollywood actor, but he's originally from yeah. Ireland. And this yes. film in Bruges, just for the listeners, if they don't know the film, it's basically about two um, hitmen, two assassins who are both Irish, and they are in Bruges in Belgium, which. Um, as far as they're concerned, is like the most boring town in the world. And mm-hmm. they've been sent there to do some job, some, you know, hit job. Um, but they're just basically waiting around in Bruges for, for ages and ages. And the thing that's so great about it is the script and the accents of the actors. And the way they sort of, you know, speak like this with an Irish accent, oh, fucking hell, it's a fucking boring town. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. All the swearing is a joy to, to listen to because it's yes. so full of character and so full of colour and, and, and nuance and all that kind of thing. So this other film, The Guard, also stars Brendan Gleeson. It's a a similar tone i believe although i haven't seen the film yes it has the similar tone tone and uh, his first line is what a beautiful fucking day <laughs> <laughs> yes exactly exactly and his oh, well i would love to mock uh, you know i would like to make an impression of uh, irish accent but it's too it's too beautiful for me. It's too complicated for me that I just, uh, well, pretend <laughs> that I can do it. Uh, well, you can swear like an Irish person. I heard you do it in your stand-up set. Yeah, the, uh, um, you know, uh, I lived uh, in London in... Um, well, I, well, I'm a stand-up comedian, and uh, I always adored... Uh, British stand-up comedy more than American mm. or Australian or New Zealandish. How you? Yeah, it's a good point. That Kiwi. Kiwi, Kiwi is Kiwi. the adjective for for New Zealand. Really? Yep. You don't say New Zealandy. New Zealandish. New Zealandy. Um, not as far as I'm aware. I'm sure that some people in New Zealand have created a a more formal adjective for their country. But as far as I'm concerned, far, as far as I'm aware, it's just Kiwi. Mm-hmm. That's that's Kiwi. the simple one. Yeah. That's the name of the bird. Yeah, that's right. They the um the people from New Zealand are known as kiwis. It's like the uh, it's like uh it's the same as to call the Russian people, you know, not Russian but vodki <laughs> or uh, berry. Uh. Um yeah, I guess so. But um, oh, Wolfie, Wolfie. Wolfie. Uh. Wolfie, it's quite a nice nickname for the Russians. Wolfies. Wolfies. Um, but uh, yeah, the kiwis. Yeah, they're birds and uh, birds that live in New Zealand. Sort of flightless uh-huh. birds that uh, are quite common in New Zealand. Um, but yeah, the people are known as kiwis, and so um, the adjective is also kiwi. So, um, for example, some kiwi comedians. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I mean that's just my solution to that problem of like, <laughs> what's the adjective for New Zealand? Well, you can just say kiwi. That's fine. I believe all the listeners right now say to themselves, oh, thank you. Oh, thank you, Luke, yeah. for this solution. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, <laughs> I certainly hope so, Nikolai. <laughs> uh, so, um, I, well, I always loved uh, British stand-up comedy, so I had a dream of going to, you know, to London and to do stand-up comedy there. Mm. So, this uh, summer... I went to London and I lived there for a month and I tried to do open mic every night as I could. And uh, I've developed some uh, strong, 
well, jokes. Yeah. Uh, and uh, mm, the joke that I always opened with was about um, Irish accent. Yeah. Uh, I said... Um, well, I always. Uh, this is my first time in England, and uh, and I always loved English language, and I always loved Irish accent. Mm. I just adore how you say "fuck" or "cunt" <laughs> instead of "thank you." Uh, <laughs> And that was my opening joke that worked every time. And uh, when, well, you know, since you see, since you hear the laughter from for the first time, mm. uh, you know that you're good. Yeah. Uh, you know that everything will go smoothly after that. Yeah, and uh, it went pretty good after that. But uh, well, it took me like one month to develop just this one joke. Mm. Well, uh, and uh, people in Ireland, they just love this joke. Yeah. Uh, in Dublin and uh, in County Clare, yeah. where I was also. Yeah. So, so okay, so, okay. so um, now I realise that we've been talking for, what, 15 minutes or something, um, but uh, my... Uh, I don't know if my listeners really know who you are. So I, I've explained that I saw a video of you doing stand-up comedy. Um, and uh, I think it's clear that you come from uh, Russia, you're from Moscow. So, I mean, is is that what you do? You're a, you're a stand-up comedian then, are you? Is that your is that your job description? I'm trying to do uh, as much stand-up as I could, but it's not uh, easy in Russia because we don't have this huge, uh, well-developed uh, stand-up scene mm. as uh, they have it in uh, UK or in US. Mm. Um, there are no much money in stand-up. Uh, the market of stand-up comedy is not, you know, well-saturated. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so uh, my main income and uh, the most time-consuming job is uh, screenwriting. Okay. I'm a screenwriter and... I might say one of the, well, good ones yeah. uh, in Russia. Last year, I, uh, yeah, last year I've made, I co-wrote mm. uh, two box office hits in Russia. Oh, well done. And, yeah, thank you. And uh, I even got, uh, well, Russian Oscar for a script. Seriously? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's called uh, Golden Eagle. Yeah. And it was for the script about famous uh, Russian hockey player Valery Karlamov. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe, mm, well, you're not uh, that old, so I think you don't remember. But there is a fame. There was a famous uh, hockey game in seven, uh, 1972 mm -hmm. when Soviet Union first time played with. Uh, Canadian uh, professionals, right? Uh, uh, and uh, uh, Valery Karlamov was one of the stars of that uh, series. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, this is uh, a biopic, but I think it's a pretty good one. So uh, now I'm in demand as a screenwriter, yeah. so uh, I write a lot. And uh, uh, well, I haven't performed in Russia for two months i think i see uh, so well i mean that's great congratulations on winning the 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 award for the screenplay that's that's amazing it's not um it's not every day i speak to someone who's won you know uh, an award like that that's well, great. Uh, well done well, 
Oh, thank you. But uh, it can sound like a big of a deal, but uh, it's easy to get an award in Russia because uh, there are not so many professionals in movie industry right. in Russia. So if you do something at least well, mm. at least without mistakes, mm. uh, you can get, uh, well, an achievement instantly. Right, okay. Because there isn't uh, a lot of competition like in US right. or uh, in UK. Well, um, so it's not big a deal. I'm not that talented. Okay. I'm just, I'm just pretty lucky to be born uh, in Russia at this stage. Just in the right place at the right time. Were you? Yes, under Putin's regime. Okay, you were lucky <laughs> to be born under Putin's regime. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I'm joking. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I I think I will understand this uh, in the end of my life. Really? Well, yes. I think Putin's regime has some perks yeah. and some terrible sides. But we have uh, a funny podcast, no? Uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. It's, uh, I mean, it's not just funny at the expense of uh, more serious topics. I like to try and cover everything. Okay. It's impossible to cover everything, but um, I'm I am interested in hearing your side of the story regarding what's going on in Russia, and 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 let's maybe come on to that in a bit because I still want to find out some other things about. Oh, okay. You. Mm -hmm. um, let's see. Um, all right. So so you yeah screenwriter. You also do have done stand up in in Russia. So is there a stand up comedy scene in Russia? Well, uh, I I may I may say it's not quite yet. Okay. Uh, there are like well, uh, there are I don't know fifty comedians, uh, fifty stand-up comedians in Russia, mm. and I think I know all of them. Right. Uh, most of them live uh, in Moscow and in Saint Petersburg, and some are in I don't know Siberia. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, we don't have uh, proper stand-up comedy clubs like Comedy Store or Comedy Cafe or mm. Comedy Cellar. Yeah. We don't have uh, we don't have this industry up to this level. Right. But uh, we have uh, already some TV shows that involve stand-up, and I've done two of them. Yeah. Um, but you know, uh, this is uh, this is the interesting thing about Russia. Mm. In uh, UK, for example. Example, uh, when you appear with your stand-up on TV, yeah. it's one of the highest points of your career. Yeah. You have to earn it. You have to fight for it. You have to work hard for it for years. Mm. But in Russia, uh, since there are no, not so many professionals in this area, you can instantly uh, get your spot on TV. Nice. Uh, you know, like comedians with, uh, I don't know, 30 gigs. Yeah and uh, five minutes of jokes yeah. can have their spot on TV and after that uh, become, well, what not famous, but, well, how you exposed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, exposed. Uh, so this is how you gain your experience and fame in Russia. You first, first you appear on TV with any stupid shit that you have. <laughs> yeah. But 
after that you're exposed to a whole country and after that they begin to invite you to some uh, you know gigs and uh, different concerts and parties and uh, well let's have this comedian from this tv show yeah and uh, you appear uh, at this gig uh, not being experienced being not experienced but but being just uh, once exposed on TV. Right. Uh, so uh, people get to know you through TV and not through your, you know, hard work on circuit, on a circuit. Right. Because, yeah, in London, it's, it's really quite different. You can't get on TV unless you've done stand-up, possibly for years. I mean, you, yes. you know, the, the, the way it works generally um, is that you start in the open mic level working at like crappy little rooms above pubs in front of like you know 10 people half of whom are other comedians so you just do this for ages and ages and then you finally break through to another level which is where you start doing gigs in front of larger audiences but you might not be paid for it and then eventually you start getting paid gigs and if you if you do well at those paid gigs then you and you've got like 10 to 20 minutes of strong material you might then join some agency which will send you around the country and you do tours you go to every room in the country and you do your 10 to 20 minutes and you do an edinburgh show for years and years and you you use all your energy and all of your time and um and goes into it and then uh, ultimately after about five years of this hard work you might be given a little spot on a tv show and then boom you know you've made it and you're suddenly famous you can charge more money you can do corporate gigs and all that stuff and so the tv is like the final stage in this very long process but in russia it seems like there's a lot of a lot more open spots on tv and you can kind of get on tv before you do your real work all your hard work in the clubs yes yes tv producers need you know the human meat to fill in all the spots that they have so yeah. they constantly have this uh, you know uh, contestant how, how uh, contest how contest contest yeah yeah uh, like comedy battle right uh, uh, laughter fighting <laughs> uh, you know humor boxing is it always like violent in this way is there always like you know comedy well, wrestling yeah something like that yes it's a bit uh, harsh it's not violent but it's a bit harsh you know yeah. when uh, a newbie a novice yeah. appear on stage he's uh, greeted by three or i don't know five judges right. who are well established and they prog- they are programmed to be mean to this novice yeah. like who are you what are you going to do some jokes <laughs> <laughs> and uh, if one joke uh, doesn't work they just throw him uh, out of the stage literally really they there literally is a, throw yes. him off the stage yes there is a show called comedy battle and if you're not funny for like 30 seconds the stage leans forward <laughs> and you cannot stand there and you fall down i think it's a kind of uh well you treat an artist Mm. you treat an artist like a gladiator right you know it's well it's a bit pathetic uh well it's hugely pathetic Uh, but people uh and young artists and young comedians they 
take this opportunity you know uh, to break through to tv because they think that tv means money fame and uh, you know comfort mm. and uh, security um, uh, what actually these tv shows are doing is they're just feeding on this sort of desire for young artists to get exposure they're just using they're exploiting them basically and then humiliating them and making entertainment not out i mean like it works for the tv show because if the the young comedians are funny then they're funny and that's good and if they're not funny then they just get humiliated and that's like the secondary form of entertainment on these shows it's not yes. fair really it's not a great way to develop um proper entertainment it's just like pretty cruel yes really. yes i think i think it's a bit uh, well it's not bit it's a hugely medieval yeah. approach yes. to to artists and uh, you know i think that artists should be cherished for years mm. and he has to be treated with respect and care and that's how his talent will flourish yeah uh, but uh, if you are strong enough from the beginning the TV will suck you in and you instantly will be paid a huge amount of money mm. and uh, you will be instantly, mm, I may say, corrupted really? by this uh, very secured job and huge money. You will write sitcoms and uh, some commercials, mm. uh, something like that. Because, uh, once again, there are not enough professionals uh, in Russian industry. So so uh, big industries tend to suck people in with even mm, not high level of professionalism. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, TV needs an army of uh, funny units. Yes, it does, because it hopefully raises the standards. Um, so do you think the London system, which can be very, very tough for, for, yeah. for comedians who are starting, I mean, do, do you think this system is, is a good one then? Uh, As a, yeah, maybe a big I question. I, I, well, I don't know. I've been there for, um, I, I've been inside of it just for a month. Yeah. But, uh, you know, uh, I saw uh, some uh, a bit of desperation and uh, you know not high expectations mm. uh, among people, but they uh, all the people that I met were nice yeah. and they uh, they had put their heart into this uh, you know into this occupation. Yeah. So uh, when uh, mm, when you treat it just like your hobby or the kind of life you will do anyway. Mm. Uh, so there is uh, not much of a disappointment in the end because if you don't aim high, you just get what you want. Uh, yeah. And that's, uh, that was my goal. And uh, the most happy people that I met, uh, they had the same approach yeah. to this uh, craft. So, uh, well, I see... Uh, uh, as I see, it's uh, it's pretty fair that if you work a lot, like ten or twenty years, yeah. uh, you will get your TV and you will get huge money. Yeah. But uh, you have to earn it. Yeah. Uh, but if you don't want to, uh, if you want just to meet 
nice and witty people yeah. and just have a laugh and to drink beer and smoke weed mm. uh, well you're good to go and that was my approach so i wasn't disappointed because well i already lived my dream because all my heroes started like this yeah yeah exactly in, yeah maybe small- maybe this system in london which is kind of like uh, it's much harder to to get uh, gigs and things um i mean it's hard i mean it's harder to get uh, tv gigs and it's much harder to sell out you know that's yes. what i'm saying maybe that encourages a certain kind of authenticity in um the stand-up scene so there's all these performers who are developing material which is not very um um uh, commercial you know and so yes. as a result there's there's a lot of alternative comedy around which is yes. a healthy thing because co- you know the best comedy is is comedy which is written without some kind of commercial agenda it's just written because it's genuinely funny or because it's challenging in some way and so when you kind of uh, separate the um the commercial world from um you know the artistic world like you get in in london because not everyone can get on tv let's face it it does encourage a certain sort of alternative scene which is more intellectual more um challenging and so on so you know like um it there's more variety and more different types of ideas being moved around and it might be harder to get money from from it but at least yes. it's more liberated in a, in a way yes but uh it's um well um it's a sad thing that you cannot get a lot of money out of it because if you have money you can uh, fix yourself on this alternative comedy mm. and you make you can make it more bright and more interesting and more uh, profound yeah. but uh, if you're not well paid uh, you have to work like an accountant or yeah. uh, a hitman a hitman yeah. Uh, yeah 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 and b- by the way there's a lot of experience comes from this uh, kind of occupation so i recommend it to anyone really? because yeah 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 everyone in russia worked uh, as a hitman at some point yeah. so um, that's how we get our jokes i see um, from experience like you know you you learn to kill people and then you learn to kill the audience in a stand-up show yeah Um, yeah that's kind of fun that i like (laughs) (laughs) um what was i going to say next i was going to say all right so so russian com you did comedy in russia you got on tv a bit you did your screenwriting stuff and then um a couple of months ago you decided that you would travel to the uk and to london and do the the stand-up scene we've talked a little bit about how it's difficult um but what made you come to london then to do stand-up well, uh, as I said, all my heroes like um, Eddie Izzard and uh, Dylan Moran mm. and uh, Kevin Bridges and Stuart Lee, yeah. they all were from UK. Yeah. Uh, different parts but still so i wanted to be fair is from ireland but um well maybe that's my maybe it should be part of the uk again you know Uh, well that's my usual uh you know that's my usual mistake because uh for me all the people who not who don't speak with an american accent uh they are from uk right or, or from 
Australia, but um, good day, you know. Uh, <laughs> so I once said to David O'Doherty, he's a mm. he's an Irish comedian mm. and a, a brilliant one. I said, well, I love you, British, and he said, <clears throat> I'm actually Irish, and he stopped talking to me. So um, yeah, yeah, you got to be careful with that, you know. Yes. The Republic of Ireland is is like it's it's no more part of Britain or the UK than Russia is, you know. Yes, uh, yes, it's like it's like ukraine uh, uh to russia i think um, yeah, uh, yeah i guess yeah i guess it's a similar situation yeah yeah if if ukraine uh, if ukraine is to russia what ireland is to britain then northern ireland is crimea yeah i think so yes although uh, you know it's it is different and uh, i realized that what i'm doing now by talking about this is i'm walking on two levels of thin ice because i'm i'm potentially <laughs> uh talking about the northern ireland situation and the crimea situation at the same time uh, which is uh, not a a, a, a a recommended position to be in ladies and gentlemen so you uh, you can be dead in four different countries yeah exactly you in, know <laughs> in 16 different ways um but uh, well uh, it's my uh, well i have this uh, you know maybe flawed point of view as a foreigner but well i forgive myself for such mistakes but yeah. still yeah. Uh, the irish comedy and the british comedy uh, from my point of view from my point of view are pretty well similar yeah. and pretty close so uh, i went to london because i've never been there and uh, um well, last year when I was in Edinburgh, I accidentally performed at uh, Stephen K. Amos's gig. You accidentally uh, performed at Stephen K. Amos's gig. What happened? Did you like go through the wrong door and then? Oh, uh, oh, oh! Uh, good evening. You know, um, how did you uh, accidentally perform at Stephen uh, K. Well, Amos's gig? Well, I always loved Stephen K. Amos, yeah. and uh, uh, it was the last day of the festival, and me and my girlfriend, we sat on the first row mm. of his show, mm. and uh, my girlfriend weared, uh, uh, wore, wore, she was wearing... Was, she was wearing... Yeah, she was wearing... Thank you very much, sir, um, teacher. <laughs> um, she was wearing a coat, mm. uh, because she's... Uh, how you say it cold blooded when <laughs> when 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 you feel cold all the time um, you, uh, a vampire yeah. <laughs> or ghoul um, uh, a ghost um a zombie ghost. um un zombie, undead yeah. and a, a night walker um no yes she's That's, um she's sensitive to the cold Yes, I don't, yes. I don't know if she is evil. Um, <laughs> no, you no, know, no. You must know since she's your girlfriend. But yeah, she's brilliant. She she's listening to us right is now. She really? and I'm, I'm sorry if I just <laughs> suggested that you were evil. What's her name? Uh, her name is Nina. Nina, Nina. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to suggest that you were. Well, to be honest, your boyfriend started it, so I don't know. Why, okay. I don't know why I'm Apollo. He called you a vampire, so um, I think uh, he should no. be the one to apologise. Look, I can assure you, you are forgiven. Good. So, um, we, uh, she was, uh, we were sitting in, uh, uh, at the first row, and uh, 
he came on stage and he said, wow, it's hot in here. Why are you in your coat? Get on stage and have a laugh. Yeah. And uh, everyone was laughing. And, uh, well, he's a brilliant improviser. Yeah. Uh, Stephen came. Uh, so he asked uh, her, where are you from? And she said, I'm from Russia. And he said, oh, thank you, comedy god. <laughs> uh, and it was brilliant. And he asked her, uh, are you alone? She said, no, I'm with my boyfriend. Uh, what does he do? He's a stand-up comedian. <laughs> uh, and he said, are you really? Have you ever performed in English? I said, no. And he said, do you want to? I said, well, <laughs> of course. And he said, well, I, I, I will give you 20 minutes to get, uh, well, how you say, to get prepared. Mm. And after that, I will give you two minutes on stage. Is everyone okay with this? Wow. And it was such a great atmosphere in the room at that this moment. Yeah. So everyone just cheered, just like, yeah, good, good. Yeah. So um, in 20 minutes, he, really, uh, he indeed invited me on a stage. Mm. And uh, mm, I was shaking, you know, yeah. I was wet with sweat. Mm. Uh, but uh, I did like two or three minutes of jokes, uh, and it was good. Uh, everyone, everyone laughed. Yeah. Uh, uh, and after that, we talked with him, uh, and he said, "Well, you have to try to do comedy in English in London." Yeah. So uh, that's what uh, how you call it? a heritage or how you a legacy? Yeah, legacy. Uh, yeah, that was his legacy. So uh, I went to London to do stand-up. Mm. And uh, I just wanted to live the life of my heroes. Yeah. Uh, so that was it. So in the day, uh, I was writing it and uh, memorizing it and trying to figure out if I understand some issues correctly. Yeah. Uh, and in the evening, I just, well, uh, performed and uh, was trying to meet new people and uh, mm -hmm. to find out more about this culture and what's, what is appropriate and what is not appropriate. Yeah. Uh, what, about, what, about, um, what about your English? Because, um, I mean, it, it requires quite a lot of confidence to go and do stand-up in English in front of English people. Didn't you feel uh, nervous about um, making mistakes or, or just, you know, saying something wrong? How did you deal with the confidence issue with English? Well, uh, I'm pretty... I think I'm pretty badass. Uh, <laughs> really, because... I, well, um, Eddie Izzard once said that if you're a comedian, you have to do the things that you are scared about mm. uh, or scared of. Scared of. Scared of, yes. So, uh, well, and I do everything that Eddie Izzard says. Uh -huh. uh, well, so I even began to run, uh, yeah. to do the running. Uh, and, uh, well, so... Mm, did, you run, did you run 43 marathons in 51 days? Uh, not that uh, I run uh, 100 marathons. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, of course not. Uh, I'm just preparing myself for this. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, well, I had no issues with uh, this uh, with this fear because, uh, well, it's not a 
it's not a rocket science and I've been doing the stand-up in Russia for uh, seven years mm. to this point so uh, I know I already know that uh, if something goes wrong uh, the adrenaline kicks in mm. and your um, intuition helps you out and you comes up with uh, some kind of retort yes. that saves you from this embarrassment. Right. Uh, but uh, the interesting thing that I realized only in London that uh, for 10 years I was the most amount of uh, English speech that I heard was jokes. Right, I see. You mean you mean when you were in London, almost all the English that you were exposed to was was humorous English or jokes. Yes, yes. But before that, uh, when I started to you know to dig uh, stand up comedy, yeah. when I, I started to be uh, a screenwriter in Russia, yeah. so uh, I began to watch a, a lot of uh, American and British movies yes. in, in English. So I was trying to crack the secret of. Uh, good dialogue mm. writing so um i was uh, watching it in the original language mm -hmm. to crack up this uh, you know crack, yes to crack the code as it yes the, to crack the code of badass language right. like you know like mcdonough uh, writes or edgar wright or tarantino you know yes. this uh, and um so the most uh, amount of English that I heard was brilliantly written mm. uh, funny stuff. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's how I think my brain started to work in uh, English. Yes. So um, if I think in English, I often come up uh, with some kind of rhythmical you know, uh, sentences mm. that have a punchline in the end. Yeah. Very, that's and, very interesting. So, like, the type of English that you consume <laughs> when you're learning, you know, let's yes. say, or just the type of English that you are exposed to or that you consume programs your brain to kind of <laughs> produce that kind of English in return. Yes, yes, so, yes, so, definitely. So we need to be, we need to carefully choose the sort of English that we listen to um, for example, I mean, I've I've got this old joke which I use a lot in my stand-up, which is about the BBC News and mm -hmm. how lots of people learning English use the BBC News as their standard for learning <laughs> English. But then, mm -hmm. obviously, the danger is that they're going to go out into the world speaking like this, and everyone that they talk to in, in every situation, they'll be doing it like this. Hello, I I'd like to buy some bread, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in. Yeah. I'm in the bul I'm in the bakery, and I'm feeling quite hungry. Uh, this is a dramatic situation which needs to be dealt with as soon as possible. You know. Um, Back to you, uh, Mister Cashier Man. Yes. Uh, <laughs> exactly. exactly. Yeah. So that's that proves the point, though. There that uh, what yes, you listen yes. to is very important because you should try and expose yourself to the English that you want to produce uh, ultimately. Yes, when we were studying English in Moscow State, uh, uh, University, Moscow State University, we were uh, reading uh, a lot of a newspaper called uh, Moscow Times, mm -hmm. 
which were written by Russian people who were trying to sound like British people. Okay. Uh, and uh, all these sentences was uh, built yeah. uh, were built so grammatically correct that it made me puke because uh, <laughs> you know it was so scholar you know so schooly so or, academic or so scholarly so, so ac- academic yeah 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 that's uh when you read it uh you can feel the crust on your eyes uh it covers your eyes and then your brain but when you uh, listen to the good dialogue in such movies like train spotting yeah. or um uh, you know something like uh, with, that was popular in 90s nail and i have you seen that one uh, Yes, definitely. Uh, but well, they speak uh, a lot of uh, mm, a lot more, you know, flamboyantly, it's a theatrical kind of. Uh, uh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. We want the finest wines known to humanity, and we want them now. Exactly. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that's that's the kind of language, English language, that I adore and uh, that I want to be uh, a part of. Yeah. Um, but, uh, mm, well, still it wasn't hard for me to write in English and to talk in English, uh, and even, uh, to improvise in English, yeah. uh, because... That, sorry to interrupt, I was just going to uh-huh. say, that's, that's a, that's really interesting and very important thing to, to realise, that you've just prioritised, um, you, 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 you decided, okay, I don't necessarily... All right, you decided it's more valuable for me to be able to just communicate my message. In this case, in 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 this context, it was to just be funny and to make people laugh. That's more valuable to me than to just produce perfect English, which in which actually is really boring and soul destroying. You know, the sort of, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't I don't mean that like perfect grammar is a bad thing. It's not, of course. It's it's very important, but we should have balance, and we should realise that it's also important to just get the message across and just try and achieve what we want to achieve without being yeah. without being sort of um, uh, crippled by um, a desperate need to be correct. Because you know, like I've met so many students of English uh, in my in my career who won't even speak because they are afraid of saying something wrong you know they're just like they they've their attitude is well i'm not going to start using this language until i've learned it perfectly and and once i've mastered it in my head then i will start using it but that's that's just um an unsustainable position i i think that you just have to start even if you're not perfect you just have to start and aim to achieve something and the language will sort of work itself out you might make mistakes but you know nobody's perfect i suppose yes definitely definitely that's what that's what i like about language you know there is a famous uh, russian um, poet yeah. uh, joseph Brodsky, he's a Nobel Prize, uh, you know, laureate. How you call it? Laureate. Uh, laureate, yeah, poet laureate. laureate. Yes, yes, uh, in literature, and uh, he, one of his uh, most uh, powerful theses yeah. was that language is more powerful when uh, when than a man. Mm. So uh, the language controls you, and you don't control the language. Right. Uh, and uh, the language somehow flo- flows through you, yes. uh, and it forms you. And if you just allow 
it to develop uh, its way, it will help you out and it will, uh, you know, uh, work its way correctly. Yeah, yeah. So, like, uh, um, you know, we should be the master of the language. We shouldn't let the language dominate us, as it were. Yeah, yes. We we have to just well uh, give us give ourselves up to the language yeah. and he, and the language will flourish on our uh, happy corpses. <laughs> okay, <laughs> interesting image there. You're you're suggesting that language is like a flower which will bloom uh, yes. on the on 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 your remains after you've died. Yes. which is a poetic yes. image. I'm not sure what it really <laughs> what it represents but it's very beautiful um okay. it makes me think of music um and I, I agree with you and it's a similar thing with music you could for example yeah. you know you get these people who go to music college they study all the theory of music and they know all of the musical theories and stuff and they know how to read music and everything they totally understand it like like neo in the matrix you know mm-hmm. like like they just see music when they listen to it and all that sort of thing they can play everything they're virtuoso but they what they can't do then is just express what's in their hearts you know like they've just sort of developed um uh they're just totally dominated by the theory and the technical aspects of music that the sort of um soulful expressive part um is lost in the mix somewhere you know but Yes, uh, uh, but uh, the um, analogy works uh, well with music because if you are open to music, it will uh, um, give you advices. Advice. How t- advice how to write it because when uh, if you even if you're not uh, a musical person, when you well hum something. Yeah. Like you know that this uh, musical phrase, uh, the resolution of it yeah. is it has to go down, yeah. and that's how, and that's why, and that's why it looks, you know, finished yeah. and uh, whole. And th- this is the same with um, uh, with the language, right. because uh, language will help you to say the correct uh, things if you are if you are open uh, if you are open to it mm. uh, it's the same so mm. y- you mean that's like uh, that like for example english has a rhythm to it and uh, if you're open to that rhythm or then then it kind of helps you to learn how to finish sentences or how to yeah yeah uh, not 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 only not only the finish because uh, in music you have this resolution when the final chord or the final note has to sound uh, you know harmonically appropriate yeah. um, because well you know that there is a, uh, I, 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 are you familiar with music so if i say for example there is uh, c a M F and G. Okay. Uh, this uh, this is a perfect combination for uh, for um, you know harmonic song. Right. A lot of a lot of songs are written on this uh, harmony. Yeah. So it's C A M Fa uh, and G. So C C A minor F and G. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so certainly, I certainly see F and G because that's like a three chord uh, trick. Yeah. So like a, yeah. Yeah. Blues music is based around. 
um, it could be C, F, and G. Yeah, yeah. and you know what? Uh, when you play blues, you know uh, you, you know exactly at what point what chord will uh, resolute will resolve. Uh, will uh resolve yeah yeah well maybe uh will resolve this musical phrase and uh i think the same is with the language it somehow it dictates you the correct Mm. words Mm. uh and the correct grammar forms i don't have a lot of you know uh examples for it but uh that's how i feel the language in if this is an argument well it works for me yeah that's it sounds pretty convincing it's something maybe something to do with trust you know just sort of uh putting your trust in 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 the language and um and you know just like yeah yeah it's like it's like linguistic kung fu you know yeah yeah you have to trust neo neo you have to trust your language there is no spoon yes yes something just something to do with that spoon spin spain <laughs> yeah no spoon <laughs> all the other words spin spurn spawn sp- uh even spin but uh and have spawn okay i wonder if my listeners are understanding what, what the hell we're going on about i understand i know what you're talking about and you do I hope yeah, everyone yeah. else does. If, ladies and gentlemen listening to this, if you don't understand this, there is no spoon, just leave a comment. Okay? <laughs> I, I don't think anyone's going to leave a comment, but you never know. So I've got some, uh, uh, you know, uh, clever, inquisitive listeners who might go, I, I wanted to know about the spoon thing. I want to know more <laughs> details about there is no spoon. What the hell were they talking about? I'm going to leave a comment. If you, do, if you are thinking that, just go to teacherluke.co.uk. And just uh, find the comments section and write. What do you What are you talking about? Yeah, but uh, if you if you have if you haven't seen the spoon, if you don't understand the concept of some tool that helps you grab food, oh, I see. That's how you well. Yeah, that's it. That's all you need to do is you need to just watch the Matrix films and you need to be familiar with the the spoon itself as an invention. Yes. Yes. Um, and then you're then you're okay. Then you'll understand. I think that probably covers most people who listen to Luke's English podcast. But you never know, you know. <laughs> you never know. There's all kinds of people listening to this. You know, everyone, aliens, and, they're all listening. And I and I love you all. Yes, good. It's important to say that. Um, yes. So uh, I've got. There's so many other things I'd like to ask you. Um, okay. May, maybe just um, two other things. All right. One of them is: um, Did you have any kind of culture shock experiences when you were living in the UK? Not necessarily related to comedy, but you could use that as an example if you wanted to. But did you find anything to be like really sort of different or difficult to understand in in England? You know, uh, yes, the um, unlimited politeness. Right. Uh, and the uh, smiley mood mm. and and okay love bye love yeah. uh, all this uh, in in dublin i saw um, a very you know very working class um, guy yeah. you know in uh, ripped jeans mm-hmm. and uh, huge muscles mm-hmm. and uh, he was quarreling with his girlfriend right. and uh, she left and uh, he left uh, into the opposite side of the street, but then he returned and he uh, lost her. So she cried. Well, she he shouted like, love! 
which uh, which was uh, like uh, sounding like well susan or you know baby something like yeah. that but if you don't know the um, the premise to this story all you can see is just uh the hard boiled you know working class i don't read books yeah uh i love my television guy who stands in the middle of the streets and just cries out love uh that was beautiful uh, yeah yeah so that wouldn't happen in 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 moscow you wouldn't get like a sort of you know tough working class Mos- moscovite man going no 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 love in the streets no, no. I don't know. Uh, that's impossible. But uh, well, you know the um, the Western and European people are extremely polite and smiley and uh, well friendly. Yes. Uh, I was told that uh, I was telling I was telling this uh, to different people that I met in London, and they said, "Well, no, it's not uh, actually the case. We can turn into an angry mob in a second. <laughs> Just say something about." Manchester or you know Arsenal or something like that yeah or but uh, I was never a witness to this kind of behavior so for me all the you know English stuff is uh, all the English people are like characters from Richard Curtis uh, screenplays right. uh, we're all like, we're all like um, what's his name uh, Hugh Grant yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I just, you know, just wanted to. Uh, absolutely no problem. I'm just. Um, oh, sorry. Uh, sorry. Sorry. Daisy. Uh, brilliant. Brilliant. Oh, perfect. Yeah. yeah and that's that's uh, an English person, sort of, who's very angry. It's like uh, <laughs> yes. an English person is very angry because uh, the waiter um, overcharged them, like by ten pounds. <laughs> um, sorry, I just, um, you know, no, no, no big deal. It's just sort of what you, you, you might have overcharged me by just a few pence or so. But uh, no, okay, never mind. I'll, I'll just go home. That's fine. You know, thanks. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> um. Sorry, uh, I can pay for that. Um, uh, this, you know, this uh, in Russia or in Asia, I think you have to always demonstrate that you have uh, the high status in the hierarchy of the community. Mm. But uh, in um, in UK, everyone is like equal. That's what I mm. liked. But, for example, mm. when you go to the pub. You can see like twenty years youngsters drinking with fifty years old, uh, you know, people, yeah. and and uh, they look like well, the same bunch, yeah. uh, which is uh, almost impossible in Russia because you know the elderly people they are more high status, they are considered wiser, but well, it's not always the case. <laughs> and uh, you have to, you know, gain your right to stand beside, well, high, sti- high status people. Yes. But in uh, UK, everyone is equal. Well, it seems it looks like well, it's it. It's not the case, of course, because we've got, you know, large social divisions and, uh, you know, the rich and the poor and so on. But yeah, I know what you mean on a surface kind of level or, or yes. maybe even more than a surface level. There is there is actually quite a lot of equality and we're quite proud of that, really. Although it's not 
I mean, you know, talk to some people and they will argue that um, there isn't any genuine equality in the UK. But um, but yeah, I know what you mean, that socially, in, in social situations, there is less hierarchy and actually a lot less formality than people expect. Yes, I think people yes. think, they imagine that the UK is a very formal place, you know, good morning, you know, excuse me, all that kind of thing. But in fact, people are a lot more informal than than you might expect yes yeah you can say it, you can say mate or love mm. to just to anyone but uh in russia you have to well uh, earn this right of such familiarity yeah, if you wanted to ask uh. someone the time in the street like in in france for example where i live now you'd have to say uh uh, uh excuse me monsieur uh, pardon monsieur you know it's like excuse mm-hmm. me sir um mm-hmm. Uh, or madam, you know, and in London, it's like, um, excuse me, mate, you got the time? <laughs> oh, I love this accent. <laughs> you ain't got, you ain't got uh, the time, have you, mate? Cheers, nice one. Uh, cheers, yeah, that's what I like. Uh, cheers. You don't actually cheer at this point. No, you just... Cheers! Men- <laughs> you just mention, you just mention uh, uh, this reaction, um, you know, uh, in a multiple uh, quantity. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, well, I liked it. Uh, that's what you um, miss in Russia when you leave, you know, Europe and you come and you and you back to Russia. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, no one smiles. Uh, no one says hello. How are you? Uh, mm. Do you want a cupcake with that? Uh, no. Uh, even your parents, you know. Uh, <laughs> we are very non-smiling nation. Yeah. Because if you put your uh, the you know the points of your mouth upright, mm-hmm. uh, the devil will steal your soul. I see. Right. Is, yeah, yeah. Is that is that it? I mean, is there is there a there must be a reason behind that? I mean, if if I walk if I went to Moscow and I was walking around with a smile, going, "This is lovely, isn't it? Oh, it's a lovely place here." Uh, any chance of a cup of tea? Then what <laughs> what are people going to think of me? Are they going to think I'm insane or or, or what? Uh, that you're a foreigner? Yeah. And that you've been in Russia for like an hour, right? Okay. Uh, because <laughs> in um, in two hours or in a day, this smile will uh, you know vanish, uh, right. and you will be as grim as we are. Why? What will happen to me? What's <laughs> going to happen to me? That's going to wipe the smile off my face. I don't know. This is the magic of uh, Russian uh, culture. Uh, really? You know the. The ghost of Dostoevsky will, uh, you know, will haunt you right. and say, like, there is a death around. Wow. People die and lose their dignity. Don't smile. <laughs> I'll be like, oh, I'm definitely not smiling now. <laughs> <laughs> and when you stop smiling, he will not, uh, he will not even say thank you. Right. Uh, yeah, it's like, don't smile. Okay, I won't. Fuck you. <laughs> like you. You find him. You find the ghost of Dostoevsky again. It's like, hey, I've, Dostoevsky, I've been, I've been looking for you. Look, look, I'm not smiling anymore. In fact, I'm really miserable. What, what, what have you got to say? You know. You're fucked. <laughs> you're just and slightly that- less fucked than you were before, but you're still fucked. <laughs> yeah. Mm, you will be good when you'll be dead. You know? <laughs> 
I wanted to, I wanted to just ask, that's kind, yeah. that's kind of festival. Uh, that's very festive mood in Russia, by the way. Really, what that kind yes. of dark sense of humor? That's joy, is it? No, no. <laughs> yes, that's Russian joy. Yes. Right. So uh, you're gonna die. Fuck you. <laughs> that's like the closest you get to. <laughs> no, no, no. You don't laugh in the end. Oh, right, uh, right. I see. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Because laughter is a sound of happiness and that's not what putin wants <laughs> you. um i was gonna just ask you finally uh we we mentioned it earlier on the slightly more serious subject of uh you know the political situation in russia um uh, you 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 make some jokes in your stand up in English about uh, Russian stereotypes and things like that. And you said to me earlier on that uh, it's not it's now banned to swear in public yeah. performances. Um, what's the what's the situation there? I mean, um, I mean, how do you feel about that? You can't swear in public performances. I mean, that's that's an incredible violation of your right, isn't it? Your human rights. Yes, but uh, since it, uh, well, somehow corrupts the Russian culture, uh, the, gov- the government government uh, cares about, of cul- about, uh, about the culture, well, mm. surprisingly. Right. Uh, so they want to keep us very, well, uh, fresh, bright, mm-hmm. uh, not uh, polluted right. with this curse or any kind of thoughts. Uh, so basically, uh, if we don't swear, we don't have the right words to describe their work with. Right. But of course, when I uh, perform uh, with the stand-up in clubs, I can swear and uh, uh, it's not that uh, vigorously or how you say it rigorously uh, thoroughly yeah. mo- monitored right. right now but uh, I think it will uh, mm, eventually but uh, of course you cannot say uh, for example I've done two uh, TV shows uh, mm. two stand up TV shows mm. and the stuff that is allowed there is more you know like uh, vegetarian family, you know, yes. my girlfriend stuff, uh, yeah. and uh, there is no satire, there is no, you know, uh, social commentary right. or critique of uh, Russian ways. Right. It's very, you know, brighty, sunny, smiley, yeah. mother-in-law stuff. It's very safe, very sort of... Um family friendly kind of stuff yes yes yeah i've decided not to participate in this uh, tv stand-up anymore because well it's it becomes boring because uh well your country is at war uh your country uh is uh, in very peculiar um, intense uh, situation i mean uh internationally yeah and if you don't walk about, and if you don't talk about it, yeah. you don't uh, do your job uh, as a comedian, as a trickster, you know, as a jester, yeah. because you have to address uh, such topics. Yeah, you have to poke uh, fun at these these issues. Yeah, you have to discuss it because uh, the comedy is kind of is a kind of journalism mm. uh, without a net. Yeah. You know, without a column or restrictions, you can talk about anything. Yeah. Uh, and that's the way of uh, public discussions, mm-hmm. public discussion. But if you just focus on, uh, you know, uh, 
on observational comedy about hot tea and uh, you know the weather yeah it it somehow diminishes your brain yes uh and you become uh, uh well a kind of zombie but not like not yes. but not in a good way yeah, imagine my Michael McIntyre, but as a zombie. Yeah, uh, well, he wouldn't be... I, I would actually quite like to see that, uh, Nicolai. <laughs> I mean, not because I don't like Michael McIntyre. I do like him, you know. Yeah, he's not, me too. I wouldn't watch him all the time, but I do enjoy his stuff. But I think it would just be an interesting sort of remix of uh, Michael McIntyre, you know, sort of doing his stuff about uh, using the London Underground, but as a zombie. Um, yeah. I mean, he's very physical. He jumps around the stage a lot. I'd be quite interested to see how he would deal with not having functional legs. You know, how he probably. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> but jumping zombie, uh, it can be well real fun. With every jump, he loses some limb. Yeah. Uh, well, it can be fun. But um, <laughs> what I, what I was uh, what I was trying to say, uh, this TV and uh, you know this oppression and this how you say it censorship. Mm, censorship, yes. Uh, well, it cuts off some of your um, comedy uh, abilities. Yeah. So uh, if you don't want to become a piece of brainless shit, you have to. Mm, you have to develop uh, the area for yourself when you are totally free. Yeah. You know, uh, like in Matrix, when they have these, you know, parties yeah. uh, deep, uh, deeply underground. Yeah. Uh, that's what I want to do right now. And uh, by the way, uh, uh, my experience with English uh, language, mm. uh, with jokes in English language taught me to write more economically, yeah. you know, more, because uh, the English sentence is uh, statistically far shorter than Russian one. Really? Because, yes, of course, uh, we have uh, very long words. For example, you have the word put or take or get, yeah. and these short words can have, well, thousands of meanings, yeah being combined with some adjectives or words like to, out, yeah. at, something Phrasal like that. Phrasal verbs. Yes. But uh, in Russia, we have like long, endless words like that's just three words, you know? Yeah. In, in English word, in English sentence with this uh, you know, length. Yeah, you you can tell a story of David Copperfield, yeah. uh, <laughs> but uh, or, or Oliver Twist. But yeah. uh, in Russia, it's just it means here. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, no. Well, yeah, I know no. what you mean. Yeah. Yes, but uh, so I wanted uh, right now when I have a chance uh, out of my screenwriting, um, you know, work, I want to write in English more economically. Uh, I want to write in Russian more economically, more, um, how you say it, more effectively. Efficiently. Efficiently, yes, yes. Mm. Um, but, well, let's talk in a year and yeah. I will tell you how it went. Okay. Maybe it will be your first podcast 
from the prison. From <laughs> I hope Russian not. Prison. I seriously hope not. I mean, genuinely, I really, I really hope not. Um, well, listen, it's been it's been really great to talk to you, and it's it's great to to hear from you know someone. Um, you know, it's great to hear from a Russian person. It's the first time I've had. I I believe it's the. F- the first time I've had a Russian person on the podcast. I, I've, oh, really? I've had no, I've had some Russian voices on here before, but uh, this is probably the the most sort of in depth uh, conversation I've had with uh, someone from from Russia. So that's great. Uh, oh, thank you, thank you for having me. I had a lot of fun with this thousand of listeners. Yeah, well, um, you know, I uh, it's been a pleasure, and I was, I was glad to speak to you. Do you have anything to say to the people of the world? Uh, just at the end of this episode? Uh, Yes, if anyone can uh, sell me a citizenship in your country, uh, please contact me immediately. Okay, so if you want to, (laughs) if you want to somehow sell, um, you know, citizenship to your country, I mean, are there any, well, you might get offers, you genuinely might get some offers for that. Um, So if you want to, you can just leave a comment below this uh, episode, uh, teacherluke.co.uk, find this episode and just leave a comment with your offers of citizenship in whichever country you live in. Um, Yeah, yeah, and the price, and the price. price. yeah. I hope it's not more than $50 because that's all I have uh, yeah. in Russia. It's hard, uh, being, it's hard <laughs> being a stand-up comedian uh, in London. There's not a lot of money going around. Yeah. Um, right, well, um, as I said, it's been an absolute pleasure. I'd like to just present to you now with a certificate um, just to prove that you uh, attended an episode of Luke's English Podcast. <laughs> Um, it's <laughs> it's like it's like a radio certificate that you will provide uh, wirelessly. Exactly, yeah, it's just uh, an imaginary certificate which I'm going to present oh, to you now. You. Here you are. Oh, thank- oh! Um, don't get too excited. It's huge. It's, it's, it's huge. It's, yes, it is huge, but it's uh, it's pr- it's pretty much valueless. Um, it's uh, yeah. it's not it's not stamped by any any authority by any official governing body of or, or institution it's just i've heard a, i've heard it's a pussy magnet so it is yeah it will get you girls uh, just just display that uh, maybe in the back window of your car and you 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 will be f- beating off girls with a stick um not not you know it's what we do in russia on sunday <laughs> is it really okay well nikolai thank you again for joining me and um you know just best of luck uh, with ever with whatever you do stay in touch all right okay cool thank you very much and thank you listeners of the world okay So that was my conversation with Nikolai Kulikov. Uh, That was the first time I'd ever spoken to him. And uh, I think that uh, we got on pretty well. I like Nikolai. And I think that we kind of, um, we hit it off. Uh, We had a a lot of things in common. Obviously the comedy stuff, but also um, our appreciation of films and just our general sense of humor i think that we were on the same wavelength so i'm i'm um i'm a fan of nikolai and i hope that came through in the conversation i think that he's a he's he's a very funny guy indeed now at this point i would like to suggest uh that you visit of course that you visit teacherluke.co.uk i always suggest that but um if you do go to um i i think it's probably going to be episode 201 um, teacherluke.co.uk find episode 201 go to that page uh, you'll find some details for Nikolai Kulikov but also you'll find um, one of his videos uh, 
So you can see a video of him performing stand-up, and I highly recommend that you have a look at the video because it's very interesting and it's very funny, okay? Let me tell you a little bit about the video. Um, it was taken, um, it was filmed in a pub in Ireland in Dublin um, at a comedy show in a pub and uh, you see that the the room is is like full it's packed full of uh, full of people all having a drink and a laugh and stuff and Nikolai comes up onto the stage and he absolutely smashes it um, he has a really good gig he's really funny the audience absolutely loves him and they're all laughing out loud and it's great. It's a really good video because you get a good idea of what it's like at one of these comedy shows in a pub. And um, so do check it out. You can also obviously see his comedy routine. It's all in English um, and it's very good fun. Okay, so I suggest you visit teacherluke.co.uk, find episode 201 and uh, watch his video. You'll enjoy it. Okay, Right, so that's the end of this episode of Luke's English Podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Don't forget to um, take part in my competition, which I launched in the previous episode. All right, I've already had a few entries. It's been launched for a few days. I've already had a few entries already. Uh, but uh, if you're thinking about, if you're wondering whether you should enter or not, let me just give you a little nudge and say you should definitely enter the competition. It's going to be fun. Uh, check out episode 200 for more information about that. Uh, but for now, uh, for this episode, I'd like to wish you all a very friendly uh, and warm goodbye. So I'm going to do that now. And here it is. All right. Goodbye. Bye. 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 Thanks again for listening to Luke's English Podcast. Don't forget to leave your comments in response to this episode at teacherluke.co.uk. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar and pronunciation teaching from me and the usual moments of humour and fun. Plus, with your subscription, you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.